In the summer of 1967, Francis Chan was born. His name, Francis, from the city of his birth, San Francisco. During the birth, there were multiple complications and his mother passed away, leaving his father, his brother, and his sister to go on. To deal with this, his father sent him to live with his grandmother in Hong Kong, uh, where he stayed for a few years. During that time, his father remarried and had Francis come back to live with them in San Francisco. When Francis turned eight, his stepmother was tragically killed in a car accident. Only a few years later for his dad uh, to pass away from cancer at the age of 12. And so Francis started out his life on a very difficult uh, and challenging trajectory. Um, many things that were um, against him. And yet through his life, he went on uh, to get into the ministry and in 2008 wrote a book called Crazy Love. And if you haven't read Crazy Love, I would encourage you to read it. Um, but through that experience and through his life, uh, we see that God has used him to impact so many other lives. Uh, he went on then to leave his church in 2010 because he felt like God was telling him to go into the city. And so he committed uh, and left his church, committed himself to plant home churches and to do ministry in, in downtown inner city San Francisco. And then as of February of this year, he has moved to do ministry in Hong Kong. Um, if you're joining us for the first time, uh, the reason I'm, I'm bringing up Francis Chan is during this season of quarantine, uh, we have committed as a church to study together uh, through Right Now Media a Bible study on, on the book of James, and Francis Chan is, is leading us through that study. And, and it's a powerful thing once you know some of his story, uh, how it impacts some of his teaching, and, and I'm so encouraged by that. And so we're gathering large right now. We're gathering online to worship together, and we're circling up, um, and we're getting into our small areas where we can grow together. And so I would encourage you, if, if you're joining us for the very first time, we would love for you to connect with us. Uh, we have opportunities for you to join Zoom groups, this unique new opportunity uh, where you can study with others about the book of James and what God teaches us through that. You can get to know new people. You can build relationship and join the community. So I would encourage you in that um, as we study together and grow together. But as I think about Francis's life and I think about... Um, the impact he's made and, and just the, the way God has used him. I think about a life that's inspirational. I think a life that has meaning and purpose. And, and I think during this time of, of quarantine, during this time of isolation, it can be challenging to think of our lives that way. It can be challenging to think that right now we have meaning and we have purpose. But my encouragement to you and my, my prayer as we come into this study this morning is that God would reveal to us that we are still in his plan, um, that he has not forgotten about us, and that he can use us now for his purposes if we're willing to obey and follow him. And so as we look at this this morning, the question I have for us is, how can we have lives of meaning and purpose during a, during a quarantine? How can we live into our purposes uh, when we are set apart and when we are isolated? And I think uh, James has a lot to say to us about that this morning. And so let's precede God's word with prayer before we pray. Let's, God, let's ask God to speak to us directly and um, to show us what he has for us. Let's pray together. Father God, you are, you are good. Your ways are good. 
And we know that this is not a surprise to you. We know that this is not something um, that has snuck up on you. And we know that, Lord, you can use um, uh, our lives, a minute of our lives uh, committed to you more than if we, we try to do it on our own for our whole lives. And so we want to commit every point of our life to you. I pray that you would speak to us. Lord, help us not to just be hearing this and, and, and learning this, but that we would be doing this and that we would follow the directions, follow um, the instructions that you have given us to, to live out. And Lord, I pray as, as we go into this study today and as we search your word and as we listen with our hearts and, and, and with our spirits, Lord, we ask, Lord, that you would direct us and you would protect us and you would use us. And Lord, I pray for everyone that's tuning in right now. I pray that you would encourage them, that, you would, uh, that they would sense grace in their life and that they would know that you are still with them and that you are still walking alongside and that you love them and that you are, are pursuing all of us uh, every single day, even right now. And we ask as you pursue us that we would be open um, and that we would be available to what you have to teach us. And so Lord, speak to us now, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. This morning, we're going to continue on on the uh, James chapter 1, verse 22, as, as we follow along through our study. I think one of the really interesting things for me is that both uh, Francis and myself are, are looking at the same uh, passages, and yet God is teaching us different things and revealing different things to us. And I think that's one of the, the beautiful things about getting together in, in a circle, getting together with a group of people and discussing these things is that uh, different perspectives pull different things and that God has uniquely trained us. He's uniquely created us so that we can see things and, and things can be revealed in unique and new ways. And that encourages me as I listen to his teachings on just how it speaks to me. And I hope it's speaking to you. And I hope as we go through this, that God spurs thoughts and ideas and, and passions and opens your mind and your eyes to things that are greater uh, than what maybe we've perceived in the past. And so as we come in to this study and we look at James, James, the brother of Jesus, he's recording this for us right now so that we can have knowledge of life, so we can have clarity in life, so that we can know what we're supposed to be doing during this time of quarantine, how we can stay healthy in the midst of a very challenging time. And so as we begin, here's what he says. Verse 22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. And so he's fairly direct. If we believe it, we will do it. If we believe it, we'll do it. And, and, and James is saying there's a deception that can be there. And there's a deception that, that maybe um, we've learned a lot, but we haven't done a lot with it, right? And so he dives into that deception in verse 23. He says, anyone who listens to the word, but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. And so this is a really interesting analogy. This is a really interesting word picture that James is giving us. He says that it's as though we look in the mirror, you know, and, and, you, and you see yourself and then you walk away and you've forgotten what you look like just as you walk away. And as I was thinking through this and saying, God, what are you teaching here? What does this actually mean? How do I, how do I understand this um, in my own terms, in my own, my own viewpoint and perspective? And the thing that, that rose up within me, the thing that, that seemed to make the most sense is this idea that there are times in my life when I've been at church, and maybe you can relate to this, or I've been listening to a podcast, or I've been um, listening to uh, someone speak a message from God's word, from the Bible, 
and something just, just jumps off the page, something that's said resonates in my mind. It makes sense. It, it, it's applicable. It, it's something that I, that I know I need to hear, and it's something I know I need to do. And yet I leave that moment, and I don't do anything about it. Um, I sense God calling me to do something or, or calling me to stop doing something or there's some clarity that is given in his word um, when I'm reading his word and I feel convicted about something and yet I walk away and continue to do the thing that I was taught through his word, through the messenger, I continue to do it. So it's as though I've looked into the mirror, I've seen myself, God has shown something in that mirror about myself that, I, that, that he wants me to either do or change and yet I walk away and don't do anything about it. And he says, we can deceive ourselves when we think that this relationship with God is just about coming to a church or, or um, learning about the Bible or having a lot of knowledge about Jesus and, and God and, and that that's really all it is to have a relationship with him. We can be deceived in that. We can deceive ourselves. And James says he doesn't want us to be deceived. He's warning us about this so that we would have understanding. And so we continue on. He says, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law and that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting that what they've heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. And so if we believe it, we'll do it and be blessed. If I believe it, I will do it, right? And I won't just hear it and know it, but I will actually do it. And then it says, if I do it, I'll be blessed. And what does that blessing mean? What is James saying when he says we'll be blessed? Does he mean we'll get everything we want, that we'll be um, healthy, wealthy, and, and just have lives of leisure? No, what he's really saying is there's a blessing that can only come from being right with God. There's a blessing that can only come when you let God mold you and shape you. There's a blessing that can only come when you are open to his, to his direction and you're willing to be obedient in that and to follow through with that and to listen and do. And I've seen in my own life that these are the blessings that money cannot buy, that pleasure cannot give. These are the blessings of peace in your heart. These are the blessings of assurance in your life. These are the blessings of, of love that you can give and receive. And so James is trying to help us to see how important it is that we don't just learn this stuff, that we don't just look to God's word and, and, and it's giving us information about life, but that we take that information and we apply it to our lives and we live out that information. We live out what God is teaching us and we do what we know we should do based on what God is telling us. And so what is that information that Jesus is giving us? What is that information that we're told that, that if we look into the, it, it looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom, what is that? That's Jesus, right? His grace. And that leads us to the next part of the verse where it says in verse 26, those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. This is some powerful statements. This is some, some very um, uh, convicting things, I believe. That James is saying that, and, and when he's using the word religion, basically he's saying what you believe and what you worship, that's your religion. That if, if you can't keep a rein on your tongue, then your, your, your belief and your worship are worthless. Your belief and your worship are worthless. And I think one of the big challenges we have today is we have to overcome the concept of religion. 
Uh, for many of us, and, and I would include myself, that growing up in the church and, and what was perceived about Christianity is that it's a contract that you have with God. And, and if you do good and if you do enough good, that you pay that, that contract is turned in and you get to go to heaven. But that is not what is taught in Scripture. That is not what Jesus said. That is not what the New Testament teaches us. What it teaches us is it's relational, not contractual. That Jesus died for us and he gave us a gift of life. He gave us a gift of being in perfect relationship with him. And that is the religion. The religion is that I believe that Jesus has given me this gift and I worship God with my life because of it. Not to earn anything, not to receive anything. That the gift of the blessing is the relationship and that that is what he's calling us into and that is what he's offering to us. And so when I believe it and I do it, I don't do it to earn a relationship, to earn credit, I do it because I'm already in the relationship. And James says, look, if you think that you've received Christ as your savior and, and that you believe in that and that you also are trusting um, and worshiping him and yet you say things of, of anger and you say things that are horrible about other people and your words are destructive, when you tear people down and you undermine others and you, and you have uh, words that are full of, of poison, he's saying that, that your faith and, and, and your worship is worthless because the relationship doesn't allow for that. The relationship doesn't allow for us to devalue other humans. The relationship doesn't allow for us to allow evil to come from our mouths because Christ and the Holy Spirit live within us. They give us words of encouragement, words of peace, not words that tear down and destroy. And that is such a, a major warning for all of us today that, that my words reveal my faith. They reveal what I believe and what I worship or my religion. And finally, he says this as, as he brings this full circle, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after the orphans, and the widows in their distress and keep oneself from being polluted by the world. If we believe this, we'll do it. If we believe this, we will do it. And it's interesting that he refers, he says, look, the way that you live out your faith, your belief and your worship, the way that you do this is caring for those that are, that are in need. And it's interesting that he, he points out widows and orphans. There's an interesting relationship with widows and orphans is that um, more than likely widows and orphans are not going to be able to repay you and you're not going to gain influence or status by serving and helping a widow or an orphan. It's a, it's a humbling of oneself. It's loving people the way God loves people. It's doing it because you believe that Jesus values every person and you believe that Jesus put you, uh, that he put you on this planet to do this. That that is your belief. And that's the God you worship, a God of love who cares for, for the widow and the orphan. And, and, and earlier we were talking about Francis Chan and how he's an inspiration and how his life reveals meaning and purpose. And I look around even in our church and, and I'm so proud of, of David Giles and, and Erica as they have adopted and they have taken on this calling of Ubuntu Ministries and, and really engaging in that. And I look around, I see so many people within our church. Um, it is, it's, it's inspirational to see how many are living out this verse within our own family that have decided that the orphans matter, that the widows matter, that the outcasts matter, and that my belief leads me in obedience. My worship of God 
is by caring for people in need. And so the question comes back to us. During a time of quarantine, how do we do this? How do we live lives that are meaningful and purposeful? How do we, how do, we do this in the midst of a challenging time? And I would say this. First, we listen to God. You know, there are no challenges for God. There are no obstacles for God. And when you listen to him, when you listen to his voice, when you look to his words for guidance and understanding, he reveals things to you. And he'll reveal ways in which you can minister to those that are in your family, ways you can encourage those that are in your life, those that you can encourage in your neighborhood, those that you can encourage through a telephone call or a Zoom meeting that God will reveal ways for you to live on purpose, to be a doer, to be following the path of Christ, to be um, living out your faith so that you're not just someone who hears it, but you're someone who is doing it. Um, that we look to the, the, the example of Jesus because Jesus' example was that, 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 that nothing was gonna keep him from loving people and sharing the love of God and, and telling them the good news that they can have a right relationship with their Father in heaven. And so today, wherever you are, whatever's going on in your life, what is God saying to you? What is he saying to you? Do you need to begin that relationship with him? Do you need to not just hear about this? And maybe you've heard about this your whole life. Maybe you grew up in church, or maybe this is the first time you've ever actually heard this message, that Jesus loves you, that he's died for you, and he desires for you to, to come to him, to repent of your sin, and to accept him in. Maybe this is the moment for you to take that step of doing and, and receiving and saying, God, I want that into my life. I want to receive that. I want to follow you so that I can live my life in relationship to you. You know, it is challenging right now and it is difficult right now, but we do have a lot of opportunities that God is still giving us to be doers of his word, to be living out our faith, in the message notes or the, where we'll have a link, we'll, uh, we've been given a resource on seven ways to love thy neighbor in a pandemic. Here are seven practical ways for you to live out in your neighborhood to love those that live around you. I would encourage you to download that and look at that and look at ways to apply that to your family and to where you are. You know, God is still in control. He loves you. He loves us. He's calling us further in. He's calling us to a next step. He's calling us to growth. And right now, I think one of the things we can continue to do, even in the midst of a pandemic, something that brings meaning and purpose, it's when I learned it, I believe it, and I'm going to do it, is our generosity. I can be generous by making a phone call of encouragement. I can be generous by teaching my children, uh, by encouraging my spouse, by loving the people in my life well. I can be generous uh, with my time. I can be generous with my abilities by helping those around me, whether it's buying groceries or taking care of a yard. But we're also called to, to worship God with our tithes and our offerings, that, that part of our generosity is giving to the Lord. And so if you're part of our family and, and, and you see that, that God has called you to this church and, and you want to partner together with us, this is an opportunity for worship. As we go into this song and we and we worship together through singing, there'll be an opportunity for you to go and, and give 
And I would encourage you to ask God, what, how can I be generous? How can I be a doer of the word? How can I be uh, investing in your kingdom? And how can I connect with my brothers and sisters during this time? Because this is another opportunity for us to be uh, doers of what we believe, to live out our faith. And so as we sing, as God speaks to you, maybe you need to begin a relationship with him. Or maybe there's something he's calling you to, to do and live out. Or maybe you just need prayer of encouragement today. You feel overwhelmed. You feel frustrated. You feel scared. As we sing, please bring these things to God first and then connect with us as your brothers and sisters so that we can do this together.